Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And my name is Mary Phelan, and our show is about raising consciousness, and tonight we're going to talk about the past, and how the past is not the future, and the past is in the past, and other things having to do with the past. It's uh, sort of a passing phase we're mm -hmm. going through here. Mm -hmm. It's funny that they say someone passed, you know, which like, is which is worse. Which is what? P-A-S-S-E-D. I know, but it's... Past, yeah. Yeah, because they entered the past mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at that moment. Mm -hmm. That's true. And we had explained uh, that it's uh, uh, leaving the matrix mm -hmm. is what dying is, actually. Well, if you think about it, each moment is unique in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can have... Uh, an awareness of the past is if we haven't let go <clears throat> of one moment in order to embrace the next moment. Mm -hmm. So if we live in the moment, there's no awareness of the past because it's one big now. So to even be able to remember the past, to see the past, means we're holding on to something. Because we are designed to have experiences and then we let go of the experiences, we retain the wisdom, and the experiences disappear. But what we tend to do is not process the experience and extract the wisdom, uh, so we keep living it over and over. And maybe that, with that well, expression... Uh, yeah, the... Go ahead. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the expression, uh, those who do not study the past are doomed that's what I was to repeat it. Yeah, which uh, anything... And that's really a put-down of consciousness. It really is because of the simple premise, the past is not the future. So. Well, what I was um, starting to say mm -hmm. with that expression is maybe where it originated from is if you do not let go of the past, you're doomed to repeat it, meaning that it will come up for you in your mind over and over again, and you'll be living in a cloud of a memory instead of the present moment. Well, what happens to a lot of us where we're caught in these... Um, uh, childhood memories every once in a while, you're just going along and bang, there's a childhood memory, for example, then that's where, um, if you look at that childhood memory from your now adult perspective on it, that's a place at which some program was installed in your thought process. And um, because the mind keeps bringing it up, it means that the mind is willing at this point to recognize what the programming was and to release it or replace it with a uh, far superior program. And so uh, another thing about, um, which is very interesting, that um, uh, past, uh, guilt keeps the past alive. Mm -hmm. If we feel badly about something, we just keep it alive. Mm -hmm. And then that so diminishes from the present. Well, I, th I feel, you know, I was saying earlier that we have experiences and we process them and then we extract the wisdom and then the experience mm -hmm. is free to go. When we have the guilt and it's keeping the past alive is because we're really not taught how to process yes. and experience and extract the wisdom because we mm -hmm. are taught to beat ourselves up endlessly through guilt, remorse, regret, and those sort of things. Yeah. So if we were taught to extract the wisdom, like let's say for instance you step backwards and you step on someone's foot and normally in a, in a uh, giving yourself freedom to process you would say, I don't like stepping on someone's foot, hence the wisdom from this is I will look backwards before I step backwards. Right. I'll, I'll look behind me before I step backwards. 
Well, if we live in a guilt world, what we'll do is, oh, I stepped on someone's foot, and we'll go into this whole spiral, which we've talked of this subject for many Thousands years of now. Times, yeah. uh, but it is so important because it's so insidious, it's so invasive, this idea of guilt. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about, like a lot of people think that you need guilt quote-unquote, otherwise you'll become a criminal and you'll run amok and you won't be able to control yourself. But that's exactly the opposite. If you do things out of love rather than the fear of guilt, you're going to mm -hmm. do them in a, in a very different way. So we have to allow ourselves to process this however it is. I happen to use tapping and other techniques oh, yeah. to, to process these events, to mm -hmm. move them forward to break them up and to extract the wisdom. Otherwise, they're going to be a bubble there that's preventing you from moving forward. So where in your life are you clinging to the past or holding on to the past? That's something you haven't processed. Allow yourself to process it, even if it's making the decision to let it go without examining it. Yeah, uh, a lot of um, um, guilt is what really keeps this stuff circulating through our lives, our systems, the programming. And the study of guilt, the um, idea of uh, being in command of guilt, guilt is a, um, uh, it's not actually an emotion. It seems to have been a, um, because there's no fulfillment in it, there's, it doesn't provide anything. It's, um, they were saying, uh, I believe you were saying, uh, the idea that at a point the um, darker forces on our planet, uh, who we love and then they have to run away, uh, the darker forces came to the realization that a military presence was not going to enforce order. And so the church said, over here, we've got a plan. A, yeah. yeah, a ruler in France that decided mm -hmm. he didn't have a big enough military to control everything, so be, he became a Christian, so now he could control it. the Christians from far away. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, you can study our history with that. Guilt mm -hmm. is used so that we police ourselves. Yeah. Some graffiti in L.A., I happened to see a picture, I said, the cops are in your mind, which I thought was very telling. So our sense of guilt keeps us now. A guilt as opposed to um, thinking, or guilt as opposed to reason, guilt rules. I mean, it's a ridiculous concept. Um, you know, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, there is no other car. Uh, it's a red light. Do you go through the red light? Well, of course you go through the red light because the red light was designed for high traffic, middle of the day stuff. It has no job at four in the morning. Of course you go through it because there's no reason not to. But you don't go through it because you would be guilty if you did. And so guilt trumps reason. And this is the point at which we, and that's the point at which you can move out of the past. Um, some of us build up enough guilt that we more or less live in the past because Nobody is acquainted with doing this processing, and it's an essential item for us to uh, mature to the point that we are no longer ruled by um, this insanity that his guilt has become. In the well, another, another reason we hold on to the past is because we're afraid of change. Change is our worst enemy and our, our best friend. If, if it doesn't change, we get bored and, oh, why aren't things changing? If things are changing a lot, we're holding on to the things in the past. Mm -hmm. I think seeing everything as an infinite now, not as three individual yeah. photographs of past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I, I do an exercise in my tarot series that I teach about 
turning past, present, and future into a moving picture mm -hmm. rather than just oh, three brilliant. stagnant photographs. Mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. And if you see it as all one thing, um, it's a lot easier. We sometimes hold on to things, items. We have things all around us in our life. And when it becomes the past, usually that's a signal to let it go. I don't know if people, viewers out there saw the Stephen King novella, um, I think it was a miniseries on TV called The Langoliers, oh, which yeah. was really Ooh. powerful. I know I turned you on to it because I, yes. I had the video and I gave you the book. Um, I think, and you would agree with me, it's a very good illustration of how time works. The Langoliers is really time. The minute that it becomes the past, it starts it becoming, it disappears. and and it turns into nothing and we really don't have any power over it at that yeah. point. So if we're living somewhere where we're not riding the wave of time, the now, we start getting caught up in the past and it's a dead place. Mm -hmm. um, a, a phrase came to me last night, it says, being entombed in the dust and the mold of the past. Mm -hmm. And then when I was writing it, I was looking at mold and I was realizing it is a mold too, not just the mold, but, but a mold of who we were in the past. How, where in your life are you still being someone you used to be or an identity that used to be placed on you? Mm -hmm. Well, our, it is definite that we can learn, that is to say, remember things because of the past, and that's very important. And then those that um, create that snag in time, uh, monk, you know, that create OCD over, um, you know, because once something was out of order, you have to put everything in order and cannot be comfortable with it. But the release of the past is quintessential to the movement forward. And we get caught so in the past so easily because we don't have a um, set of tools with which to free ourselves from these uh, bonds that uh, the past provides. It's um, The ancient Greeks spoke of the three fates, which is what you were talking about. Um, and that's brilliant, by the way past, present, and future being uh, movement rather than stagnant slots. Uh, and it's the Greeks had, yeah, and the Greeks had uh, ascribed gods to the past, present, and the future because they had nothing to do. <laughs> they hadn't yet invented the internet, otherwise we'd know a lot more about them, but still. Well, yeah, let's, go ahead. Yeah, well, a few minutes ago I, I had brought up the idea of what identity Mm -hmm. Are you still living that's from the past? I think a, a, a place be become where it becomes very evident is in parenting, let's say. Once you are a mother and then all, all of a sudden it's like, well, when is that line that says I'm not a mother anymore, but yet I'm still a mother, so what is that? Like a lot of the changes in our life mm -hmm. are not clearly defined. And I remember Robert Fulgham uh, spoke of... Uh, the rite of passage that a lot of young people have in the in the world in different cultures there is a rite of passage of some sort there's a dance there's a ceremony but in our culture there isn't yeah. and the closest thing that came up with it is the driver's ed teacher and he told a whole essay about the driver's ed teacher and how this particular driver's ed teacher took it so seriously and realized it was a rite of passage mm -hmm. we tend not to define things as having changed because we're afraid of it. So you can tell the landscape of your life, like where are you still playing an old role? Were you the advocate for everyone in the office at one time? And does that still suit who you are? 
Um, were you the person that was the life of the party? Are you still that person? You have to allow the landscape of yourself to change over time. When we hold ourselves in that dust and mold of the past, I mean, that's when you're unhappy. So whatever area of your life you're unhappy in, you may want to look at that. Yeah, I read somewhere that an old horse always takes the same route back to the barn because the horse doesn't want to have to think and he knows the route. And so we get entrenched in our patterning that way. And um, we had been uh, studying the idea that um, uh, the brain revives itself at about age 50. It, it changes its chemistry. and uh, The female brain adds another layer of melanin or yeah, whatever that Not myelin. the male brain then, um, I, so I can go home. <laughs> Not the male, the female brain. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I just read about that the female at menopause oh, yeah. creates another layer, but we're taught that we lose our mind at menopause, and then oh, after well. that we become very spacey and non-energetic and nothing is alive to us anymore, and that's what we're taught. Hmm. But in reality, chemically, during that process, we grow a whole other layer that, that could get us through. Yeah, well, anything that's uh, and there's many many things that we're taught that aren't at all true and really it is about unteaching ourselves from these things and um, one second caller uh, anything that speaks against advanced thinking is as such evil so the idea of telling generation after generation of women that they become uh, what did Archie say dingbats pest you know past menopause no that's all lies that's not the truth at all we're a very advanced species, and, and it's time to call these evil little phrases on... Uh, well, I think that, that one way to look at it, you know, is not having an evil, but just an ignorance. Oh, it's evil. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like yeah. my dream of concentrated divinity, all, right. all darkness or evil is, is concentrated divinity, just shine more light on it, and you'll see the color. But yeah, I know but we have a call. purposely misleads, yeah. yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Aurelia. Hey, how are we doing? Okay, it sounds like you're talking about what I want to hear about, which is uh, a dream interpretation that I interpreted as evil. evil. And I know there's got to be good in it. <laughs> no, it always is. Yeah, I woke up screaming, help, help, help. Uh, basically, it's a three-part dream. The first part is I'm feeding a baby out of a bottle that um, is choking the baby. The baby, um, I can't figure out if it's because it's a formula and it's not mother's milk or if it's animal milk, like cow milk, and it's a baby, so it's under a year old. And so in the meantime, the second part of the dream is this man comes and he starts um, scolding me and it, it getting physically violent with me and pulling me away from the baby, trying to stop me from feeding the baby. And um, this man keeps morphing in front of me. At first it's my son and then it's my... Uh, lover mate, and then it's, it, it finally ends up as a mystery man, and it was somebody from my past, and I can't figure them out. And then uh, the third part of the dream, and this is where I woke up, I look across the room at the wallpapered wall, and it looks like there's a mirror or something that's camouflaged into the decoration of the wallpaper. I can't figure it out, and as I look closer, it starts moving and all of these insects start coming out and the insects, insects start getting bigger and bigger and faster and faster and then they start losing track of where they're going and they're going in every which direction and I'm screaming help, help, help and I wake up. Wow. So it sounds like 
the um, you taking care of yourself. It's like you're looking for the right formula, you know, um, mm -hmm. and and that the males may be reflecting back that, and that reflection is bugging you. Um, yeah, that's you know, very well and it's done. like yeah. off the wall, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and things that bug you, you know, it, it does, it, go off, it goes off in chaotic directions or ill-defined directions. So maybe um, some of the reflections just aren't making sense, too. Yeah, well, that's very well put. Yeah. Yeah. So if the little baby is Aurelia, okay, uh, and that's her nourishing herself, and with all the GMOs and the fact that most baby formulas are uh, at a huge percent of um, corn syrup rather than uh, anything to do with nature, because corn syrup doesn't have a lot to do with yes, nature, Yes, I looked at all the formulas yeah. and their mm -hmm. first ingredient was corn syrup. I know. It's How terrible. can you do that to little babies? And moms don't know. It's, it, there has to be a larger agency just so we don't have to... I can't go into the store and not, uh, so this has sugar in it, this has milk products yeah, in it. Yeah. This has the salt that's not real salt. Um, you know, the sodium chloride is not salt. <coughs> they have some <coughs> rumor that it is, but it isn't. And uh, so the man in the dream uh, was, uh, well, literally the man, you know, the forces to keep people down. And so that's why that happened. And I agree about the wallpaper and the mirror and well, being bugged. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, uh, there's another couple of facets to it, too, because in a way, the feeding of the baby was hurting the baby. So let's just take all those segments as being you. So there's a part of you that's trying to feed this baby, and it's almost like you're feeding it with food of now, and you can't reach that baby of then, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so you're not really knowing how to do that. And so there's a split within you saying, quit trying to feed that baby. Quit trying to make that, that baby alive, you know, in that conflict between the two of you over that. And then the walls of protection that come up. Um, I, I remember hearing someone say one time that whenever they dreamed of bugs, or not dreamed of bugs, but when they had like ants in their house or something that always meant that something was trying to get across their boundary. And mm -hmm. if we look at all, all three segments were about protection and nurturing, but a resistance to that, that the bugs, the, the walls are starting to bug you. And the defense is, it's like um, when our desire for freedom outweighs our fear of insecurity or mm -hmm. our fears or insecurity of receiving love. And so the walls are kind of coming down, too. Literally, um, Jericho. Because it's a lot of work to hold walls. That's why in the Inner Wisdom deck, I define boundaries as fluid points of choice is really what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for always a yes or a no. But it, but it sounds like the part of you that withholds love and the part of you that receives love are becoming friends. It's like they're blending as well. That's just what well, was there? Do you see any significance or any meaning in the fact that the man wasn't going to reveal himself to me. He kept morphing and, and um, saying who I am and well, that's that kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I think that's that mirrored, that part of you that is withholding love from yourself that comes in the faces of all these people. And, and when um, that's why it can seem non-solvable when you, when you can pin down any one of these people 
because it's not really about them. It's that that's acting out that force within self. Mm. And I do think we, for, for whatever reasons, whether it's our religion or our good and bad here, we start out in this fundamental war with ourself, the good, bad well, within ourselves. Well, male versus female. Male, this female, has been angel, from, devil, whatever it is. Yeah, from the beginning of uh, souls incarnating in bodies on planets, um, certainly there are other galaxies that do that, but in this galaxy in particular, um, it always turns out that there's um, in the invention of war, there's the invention of criminality, there's the invention of murder because of the, um, not, uh, because of the, um, I've explained on other shows the way that works, but there, there's always this opposition take, is taken which results in pretty much the planet being trashed and then the Earth has been uh, more or less the latest experiment where souls have incarnated as human beings. And uh, the same thing seems, seems to be coming down. The uh, good and evil, which is the basis of it, um, really does have to uh, be understood by we, the human race. You, without good and evil, there is no such thing as creativity. It is the spark between good and evil. Mm. That is the go ahead. Yeah, I, no, no, go no, ahead. no, no, no. I'm just um, I, I I just uh, feel differently than that, but I see your point. Well, I didn't make it, so let me. It's the spark between good and evil. Right. If there is, um, if the neutral place where the good and evil meet uh, is hospitable, then there's creativity. If there isn't, then there's explosion. When well, the good and um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I I think too that love can love and desire can pull us into another zone, and we arc into that, and it doesn't have to be um, withholding yeah. or hate or love. Mm -hmm. But you know something about this man that disappears and becomes and morphs different, mm -hmm. becomes different things. Um, fear can never be pinned down, and fear is is unnamed. So once you name it, it's something that's within your control. Once you love it, it becomes in there. Yeah. I used to say my old friend fear come ha like see mm -hmm. it as a puppy mm -hmm. sitting on my lap. One thing that I would recommend in that dream is maybe go into a meditation, just close your eyes and confront this male that keeps changing and saying, "Who are you? Tell me your name. Who are you? Tell me your name." Because fear won't tell you. Uh, fear can't and, and, and because it doesn't exist. You know, it's not a name. Nor does guilt, really. Thing. It's funny that way. Yeah. Nor worrying, nor a lot of yeah. things. So something, something interesting to um, do, and it reminds me of this uh, dream. Back when I started studying dreams as a small child, I've always done dream interpretation. I, I can remember dreams from two years old and earlier even. Uh, I saw this show where uh, someone from a, when they s first started doing sleep clinics and things like that, maybe in the early 60s, he was uh, on the show and he was talking about this young doctor, an intern that was having these terrible nightmares and he only had like four hours to sleep every night and the nightmares were keeping him awake so he went to the clinic and he, they said um, he was dreaming of a tarantula every night when he went to sleep, everywhere he looked the tarantula was there and so they had him go that night and face the tarantula and say, who are you? And when he did that, the tarantula turned into the faces of all the patients he had lost that he did not have enough dream time to process. 
Wow. So, so that's another reason to, you know, I think that we get these carrot, these dangling carrots or these dangling fears because they eventually we're going to confront them and the door to the issue, the secret, the answer is always behind the monster in the dream. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that would be a good source to say, who are you? You must say your name to me and it'll turn into what it really is. Yeah, very well done. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank sure. You. Thank yeah. you for calling. We love yeah. it. Yeah, great dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we live in a world that is so full of uh, things that don't actually exist. Uh, you know, fear, doubt, worry, guilt, etc. They don't actually exist. They exist by our uh, uneducated process of feeding our life force into them. Uh, because we are at this point, and the purpose of our program here is to uh, cause our world to be much better educated than it is at this point. Uh, because all of what we're talking about, telepathy is something that uh, uh, could use, you could have a lot more education on the subject of telepathy and how it works. But uh, all of these things that are not real, that are taking our life from us, uh, can all be dealt with. It is simply a matter of having a higher perspective on it. So that's very brilliant to tell fear to name itself as it cannot do that, yeah. as it will no longer exist. And the difference between fear and information is the level of your consciousness. Yes, uh, and the level of your consciousness is determined by how well educated you are yeah. to a large degree. And that is the loop tape that this show is based on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, as in her dream, by saying, uh, let me see who you are, it doesn't have to show up in the faces of all those that may manifest in your life, keeping you from nurturing yourself and giving you what you know you need and finding your own formula of what makes you happy. Um, so if it, if it always looks like there's some man or some force that's stopping it, that's an illusion. When you get it to name itself, it'll disappear. Mm -hmm. Handheld for me? Give me the hand. Now, did any of that get heard? I just yeah, I'll repeat just in case it did not. Okay, um, just in case it didn't get heard, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about um, by by as in Aurelia's dream of uh, the the force that manifests in her life as males that stop her from nurturing herself and mm -hmm. finding the formula of what makes her happy. Once you na say, n name it, name who are you, what is your name, and the fear goes away, then so does the manifestation in the form of males that may do that. Yeah, very well done. Mm -hmm. that is the way that We're works. good? We're in good shape. I'll just you put it right here, okay, just good. in case. Yeah. That way I can reach so it. The, um, <clears throat> this idea of um, having the past be something that serves you well, which we're not taught. We're taught fear of it. <coughs> and uh, pretty much anything that you, uh, the great many um, misstruck thoughts in our mind is based on past, stuff in the past. Whereas past is to be our, our brilliant servant. Uh, but it has instead uh, been mongered into uh, a power-mad uh, form of manipulation by these idiotic phrases we teach children, as in those who do not study the past are doomed to repeat it. But the past is not the future. It cannot be the future by definition. It is already the past. That's an absurd thought. And as we said, any of these thoughts that prevent 
advanced consciousness are in and of themselves evil. They are, their purpose is to keep us uh, from being advanced, and we're going to advance, so please just everybody um, just uh, realize that it is time that we move forward rather than um, remaining in these patterns of uh, self-destructiveness that um, are based on the past. We've, we've so much education we pour through this show. If you have a childhood memory that keeps coming up, it means that that childhood memory is a place where you installed some patterning in your life. And uh, if you just meditate on it without any issues, then you can see how the pattern repeated repeated at 17, repeated at 21, repeated at 30. You know, you can just see the pattern repeat, and you can go one, two, three, shut that off. I no longer have to have that pattern repeat. Uh, you know, and, and it's all done by recognizing this love, and it's all done uh, the minute you can recognize it as perfect. Well, it's at that point. You know, something else that I observed that made it difficult to move forward and make new, new decisions for myself is the mm -hmm. awareness of how many times I've judged my past self. Mm -hmm. my, that Monday morning quarterback, look what you did, you're an idiot, why did you say this, why didn't you say that? Oh, yeah. So I found it hard, difficult for myself to make decisions about my future. It would be like, oh, and then I realized, why am I so afraid? Why am I so afraid? Um, number one is because I believe there could be right decisions and wrong decisions and that there was one right decision and I better find it in this haystack. <clears throat> you know, it's the one needle in the haystack that I have to find. But what if every decision was a right decision for different angles, different purposes, and mm -hmm. whatever we end up deciding is the right thing for us? Mm -hmm. That's a, 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 a big freedom to make choices about future. The second thing is, Commit to yourself that you're not going to beat your past self up because your past self made this decision, was bold enough to make a decision with no data, no information about how that's going to turn out, but made that bold decision so that you could live it and extract the wisdom of that decision. And so why would you sit here in present day knowing everything that transpired and go back to that innocent you that made that decision and beat her or him up? Mm -hmm. That is just futile. So whenever I s made big decisions, I would write a letter to my future self and say, I don't know why I'm doing that, or I don't know how this is going to turn out, but this is why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I only had to do that once or twice, and then I, did, I wasn't afraid of my future self anymore. Oh, excellent. Okay. As we've taught so many times on this show, um, a decision is nothing to be afraid of because you can make one decision and a moment later make a different decision that countermands the first. So this is just another method by which we're taught to beat ourselves senseless in, in the world that we live in, which is not necessarily not necessary to do. And mm -hmm. self-judgment is based on the past, as you were pointing out. Self-judgment, so to understand self-judgment is to understand that judgment is the only form of slavery uh, and once you can um, get a, a flag up in your mind, judgment, and then shut it down, but uh, everything turns out to be perfect, so we don't have anything to worry about. It always works that way. So are we, is this, all right, here we go. Ooh, I feel a fade. This is, um, this is E-Y-E, small E-Y-E, 
capital C-L-O-U-D. Um, what is this? something about Wall Street? A friend of mine sent me a, um, something about uh, Guy Hawks and Wall Street, and I said, well, you know, it's a lot closer than Wall Street. It's in your pocket right now. And this, um, this is the, the modern man. This is the electronics addiction. This is the uh, place at which we give up our power to the cloud. And the cloud is, um, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Jobs got everybody to um, record their thumbprint. A fairly brilliant job. Of course, that doesn't seem to be in existence anymore, does it? Is it just me, or did it cease to exist? I never follow these things. By the way, the telepathic TV logo is not in the painting, but still, it's a lovely thought. And so this is the water represents emotion, and this person has constantly got his emotions chasing him while he's pulling this weight. What was the name of the Greek that had to push the rock up the hill? I was going to name this Sisyphus. Yeah, I could not spell it to find it well enough to look up the Greek myth. At any rate, well, you can always tell, you can always use your, just say Sisyphus into it and it'll search it for you. But uh, yeah, and the eye cracking lightning at us, yes, oh, God. Now, and so at the end of the, um, the passage I wrote on this painting, I said, give up your uh, iPhone for a week. Go ahead, you can do it. Give it up for a week. Your telepathy will come back. Your peace of mind will come back. The headaches will stop. You can once again regain your um, sovereignty over your life because we, we live in a world, you, it's the new opiate. If you were trained as a pickpocket, all, all you have to do is just wait for somebody to be you know, there like that and you can just tippy-toe up behind them and, and just have your way with their pockets. I mean, they won't know. <laughs> you know. It really is. It's, it's kind of... Well, you know what I'm saying, yeah. I saw a tape of this kid who was like this, and this uh, woman goes by on one of those rascal things and just knocks his uh, iPhone out of his camera into a pond next to him and just kept right on going. Struck me funny. Well, you know what it is, um, this whole thing of addiction to yeah. to Facebook and email and such like that. And I know because I get addicted myself. Yeah, we all do. Even as I'm aware of it, and I know you do as well, and a lot of us do. Yeah, you know, it's we get, new we get into that, um, which really has to be looked at, I think, um, on some level. But what is amazing to me is that there are just as many people that are vehemently angry at other people using phones. Um, to the point where people will hate another person because they text too much or look yeah. at her, she's stupid, she's out. And yes, people do do crazy things like walk out in front of traffic. We almost saw a lady get killed one yeah. night and thankfully she did not, probably because I screamed as loud as I could out the window, watch out! She was getting ready to step out and the person in the car was also on the phone too, so they nobody would have seen each other. It was right at Gallows Road and 29 um, Now watch, she'll ago. call in. Yeah. Well, I was that woman. Yeah. Thank you for saving my life. There you go. I read about it on Facebook that you saved my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, um, people get very angry at other people for doing it. And I think it's because we recognize that powerlessness, quote yeah. unquote, within ourselves to become addicted to something. Uh, and there's nothing really all that interesting in Facebook and in your email. I mean, sometimes there's a little bit, but how much garbage do you go through before you find that cute little elephant or something that's on there? Uh, maybe, maybe it's time to rethink that. But well, there's you know, the, um, there, 
Oh, just there's the expression, if you spot it, you got it. Yes, In other words, if something pisses day. you off, then... Where did we hear that? It was on the, some show set in Seattle. Oh, yeah, uh, investigating. yeah. Okay, if you spot it, you got it. Yeah, yeah. and that's very true because, um, you know, the, we, we said earlier that there's a puzzle piece within you that fits into that, and that's how you know it's you you're mad at because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that's well, un- unmasking the ego hard at work. Yeah. Well, well, that's very hard. true, and there, there's that mirror again. Yeah. Uh, our mirrors do more form, like in Aurelia's dream. I thought that was a great dream because it's useful to all of us, too. But let's, let's just say that our life, um, you know, we were talking about these old outdated identities. We can see this in our clothing. So I teach a declutter class um, that we have all had you know, great results with. We use tapping and other uh, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. in it. I'll be holding one again soon. Oh, good. But when I was going through old clothes, I realized that there are clothes that we keep because they represent a certain era in our life. We mm-hmm. may call them the skinny jeans or the beautiful jacket because we're always dreaming like Al Bundy on that Married with Children show of his high school football days and that trophy. And he was doing everything in his power not to get to his future, to become who he is and to manifest himself. He was running for that time in his life. Mm-hmm. And I see people in their 70s that are attempting to be that 20 25-year-old guy and get all the girls and where in your life were your glory days that you feel you must go backwards to retrace because somewhere along the line you lost your dreamer and find your dreamer again because Mm. each era has something and I found old purses that I was going through and it almost gave me the creeps and I realized that that this was an old me I could remember who I was when I carried that Mm -hmm. I thought it's just not I don't have to save that. It's okay for that to go. Yeah. And I felt completely freed up because the the place markers or the bookmarks uh, uh. in the book of time are the things we keep in our closet. And what parts of your life do you have bookmarked? And were they more interesting than the now where you can create anything? Somewhere along the line, you lost your faith in yourself. You lost your belief that you can create whatever it is you wish. And, and it's okay to be the age you are. Otherwise, there are beauty th- be treasures in each age. Otherwise, you're impersonating yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in yeah. and aiding, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, I couldn't. God. I couldn't wear those. I couldn't put that back on anyway. Even if I could fit into those clothes, I can't fit into that me because I'm a different me now. Yeah. And so that is a great healing so tool and a gift to really think about what I said because yeah. it's going to enable you to let go of a lot more than the old clothes in your closet. Trust me. Yes, with the slightest boot up as far as your consciousness goes. There is no day that is not a glory day. There is no moment that Bingo. is yeah. The whole there is no moment that is not supernal compared to all others. These are even the good if old you days. are yeah, even if you are um, horribly, horribly depressed and just laying in fetal position, that is still a, a glorious moment at which you decided to retreat within yourself to straighten yourself out. That's glorious. It's mm-hmm. all everything is perfect all the time. If we can get the entire of our race to realize that it is all perfect, there's a very good chance that worry would not be um, 67.3% of your life. 
that uh, fear would not be the remaining percent of your life. Well, you know, all of this stuff, we, could, we can free ourselves, just well, be free. There's something else, too, that I, I would love to bring up, since mm -hmm. we're talking about the show of the past, releasing the past, and just understanding what it is, mm -hmm. is that a really big area that we hold on to the past big time is in our spirituality, in our religion. Um, we tend to hold on to past beliefs, which mm -hmm. this isn't a judgment, it is an observation. And I know uh, Rick was um, mentioning past lives, and I had wanted to say that it, when you were talking about patterns, our patterns that we observe go back into past lives. It's not, it doesn't stop right at this life. But our spirituality, we tend to create a medicine bag, literally and figuratively, of uh, this, this particular crystal, this, that, uh, these particular assortments of beliefs. But our belief systems are hallways, not rooms where we lock the door, where we shut a door. They are ever-changing um, things. So what is in your spiritual medicine bag? What is it? Is it something that's outdated? Do you even believe in it anymore? I noticed my medicine bags have become medicine suitcases now. Uh as things have gone on. Yeah, the reason that we study past lives is that whatever, um, taking someone back into a past life, they'll see um, what's, they'll see a, a moment where they made a decision. And then because you can see the whole life in the past life, you can see what permutation came from that decision. Well, in, in this life, at this point, when someone signs on to go into their past lives, they are facing exactly the same decision that they get to see in the past life. And then they can see what decision they made there. And then they can map an entirely different path for themselves in their current life, knowing that if they simply repeat the pattern, one, they will reincarnate to be in that same position yet again. And two, that it is possible to choose a different response to the stimuli. And it's an absolutely brilliant form of... Uh, Therapy, which is and so, so many times on the show, I got shot and I woke up seeing people in past lives, and it's after <coughs> all these years of taking people into past lives. So, if that's <coughs> of interest, um, well, there is let more information know. on our website. Yeah, and I, I tell you, that there is so much to gain from the study of that. Um, I do past life readings, yeah, and yeah. I take people in past lives. Although you you really have been doing it for decades, yeah. and I and we have done this together in groups, and mm -hmm. I, we could just tell you a million stories. But just doing a past life reading, I have uh, seeing the pattern. Just knowing about it unlocks things. I've had a number of people that had gone through all the fertility things possible, spent multiple thousands of dollars, tens of thousands to try to get pregnant. And just hearing about one past life, they got pregnant that, that very week. And this has happened numerous times. Oh, yeah, it's not yeah. just one or two people. And no, those are remarkable. just the ones that stick in my mind. Mm -hmm. But there are other, many, many other things, blocks uh, about relationships and sure. things like that. I personally remember my past lives. I was born remembering them, as mm -hmm. I believe we all are, but usually people forget, forget, but I did not. And I tell you that uh, awareness of past lives has helped me to get out of certain things in my life, too. You're very distracted, so I'm assuming that there's something flying over there. Yeah, and here come the duck. Here's our floor manager and dangler this evening. 
All right. Dangling manager. I got Love is in the Air, Inhale It Deeply, Exhale Your Song. You have great things to offer children. Explore this gift. All right, kids, let's have some fun, eh? Works very well. You know, when you were staring up at the duck as I was talking, it reminded me of my brothers would do this. And you guys, if you grew up in the 60s, you, you probably know where a kid would look at you and go, ah, like this over your head to get you scared. You know, it was just a game we would I think play. I still do that. And we would always pretend we were scared. Ah. Well, that works. Yes. Okay, so the, the past life thing, I think, is a very interesting thing. Oh, truly but, so. But it, we have to review. Wasn't it Ben Franklin that said every 200 years, uh, government could use a revolution to re, re-jigger yeah. things? Well, you have to do that in your own life, too, with your belief mm-hmm. systems. Yeah, that makes sense. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello? Uh, Betsy? Betsy, what can we do for you? Um, Well, it's interesting you're talking about decisions. I was uh, recently diagnosed with breast cancer, Mm -hmm. and um, so I was interested in a reading around all that and decisions, et cetera. Well, thank you, Betsy. Thank you. um, Definitely sending you healing prayers and energies for um, the perfect uh, path for you and a speedy uh, remembrance of miracles and all that. So, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, the first card we get is solitude, and I think one of the primary things this is saying is whatever is coming up for you in regards to what you are encountering right now, always go seek the deep inner counsel of you, and that is always your final word, and your body will always tell you what is right for you. And I feel like there's always a message in that, too. I, um, it, it is said that cancer is the part of us that we don't love, and it's not the body part so much that we don't love, but what it represents and um, solitude. And so has, has there been in your past boundary issues where you feel like you weren't able to say no, that maybe you were more introverted and people were trying to make you be something you weren't or it felt that way? I would look at that in my life. And it does look like you have chosen a life to, to really uh, accomplish things, like to set your mind to something and reach it. And you send it, your desire, your uh, decision and forward, and then you go in that personal best. And, and I feel like it's, it's going for what is the best thing for you, not the best thing uh, of what everyone else is telling you so much. And the silence to me is always... Um, we have this zone of silence around us, and it's saying don't don't let that get diminished at all. Just keep your zone of silence. Let it come through your filter. This is all about also about a healing near water, and and being near water. And so you may want to contemplate if something comes up, that might be a cleanse having to do with water or something near water um, that that could probably be a confirmation for you. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And if I could say one um, about breast cancer is about nurturing. Yes, let's see. Yeah, and when to nurture and when not to nurture. That's what I was saying, boundaries around nurturing. Boundaries, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what's doing that. Hi, caller. Go ahead. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hi. Hi, what's your name? Hey. Yeah, Hi. this is uh, Pete from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. How are you hey, doing? Hey, good. 
Good hey. to see you. How you doing, Mary? It's good to it's good to hear or see both of you on television. Yeah, it's good um, to hear you. I I don't know if you remember me. I I your voice sounds very familiar to me. Well, I um I haven't called probably in about four or five years. Um, I had a traumatic brain injury similar to what uh, Neville had years ago, and uh, for the last five years I've been down here in Myrtle Beach uh, playing in a band. I had it took me three years to learn how to play and sing again, oh. but I've been doing it. I moved from New York to here uh, five years ago, and uh, a lot of transitions are going on. But I just want to tell you guys that you've been really helpful. I mean, I don't watch religiously. I probably watch like three or four times a year, but when I do, I feel like I'm watching my friends. Oh, so, that's very uh, you guys that's are very dear to us. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Okay. How uh, lovely to hear from you. Yeah, the traumatic brain injury. Uh, claim a superpower from that, would you please? Say it again. Claim a superpower? From the traumatic brain injury. Yeah, well, I've been able to do readings. And uh, it's really interesting because uh, I don't want to do them a lot of times because nobody wants to listen, but I do do them. <laughs> we know, yes, we know. Okay, well, good. All right, now go from there. That's the beginning. Yes, yes, very good. Yeah, anyway, I'd like to get a reading from Mary if that's possible. And Neville, I just want to let you know, ma'am, that I feel like your brother. I don't know why, I hey. just do. It's all right. Hey, bro. <laughs> no, seriously. No, there's a great kinship that men very rarely feel. That's I know. I, yeah. I think men. It's, men are it's taught an to be independent, thing. insular, and uh, whatever other word that means insulated from other people. Men need love too. <laughs> okay. So, well, the first card we get is traveling, and it's so interesting that you you were talking about your journey, going down to Myrtle Beach and everything, and and it really is a place of a lot of movement, people coming and going and everything. And I think what this is saying is you are really, you know, like when we go on a vacation, we pack the essentials in a suitcase. And in a way, what you're doing in this, this part of your life is feeling what is essential about you. You know, your medicine bag now, let's say, or your suitcase that is filled with the things that you have to use in everyday life. And so you, uh, it may have seemed like that injury stripped you of things, but really it was giving you the things that were really most important. And look, we got the personal best again, and this is about not competing with other people, but to find yourself by yourself. Like, what is my personal best? What is a goal, or not, not a goal, but what is a decision that I have today that I would lo love to experience? And you go for that and not compare yourself to anyone else. Everybody saw me shuffling the cards yeah. that whole time. We got the two. Um, again, it shows you how synchronous everything is. Stepping into the silence and you are by the water. And I think that this is something your soul has been longing for is to be by the water because there is great healing. I love living by, I would love to live by the ocean because there's something in the air, these vitamins that just come in, the, the minerals of the ocean. It just makes me feel alive. Mm -hmm. And also that silence, that flowing, um, it just feels like, you know, keep writing, keep on with your readings, um, because the feedback will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, well, thank and you. seven billion of us, and we can mm -hmm. use some more teachers, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi. My name's April Friette. Hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. This is my first time calling. Well, thank oh. you for calling. Yeah. Um, I'm calling to get a reading. I've had some pretty traumatic health issues and 
I was just wondering if I could just kind of get some insight on to the future and what it means. Okay, they'd be most happy to for sure. And the first card actually jumped out while we were shuffling and it's the card of boundaries, which really we're not ever looking to build a wall to say, don't you can't do this or you have to do that. We want, what we're looking for is to be able to have a choice. So fluid points of choice. So whatever is going on with you may be having to do with that, bringing back choice into your life, bringing back a boundary. And sometimes things get created that stop us from doing something uh, because we don't feel we've given ourselves permission to say no. So ask how this particular, these particular health issues have changed your life. And whatever they're stopping you from is something that you have a conflict about and just do some reviewing on that. We got the silence card again. So, okay, everybody that's called in tonight, let's go to the beach. I'll meet you down there because um, this is about going into the zone of silence too. And boundaries are about that too. Are there expectations that you've had, like maybe a parent or um, a society or a church or something that put a lot of expectations on you that you feel that that just isn't you? It's time to really um, look at this and that will bring your healing. And I, I do feel that there is uh, a clearing. This card comes up to reflect. I know it's kind of hard to see, but see how the light is shining down on, on him and the clouds are parting, parting. And so I feel there's a great healing going on in your life right now. So get, get that, that lesson and, and I feel like things are really looking up. So I, I would um, be very optimistic here. Oh, excellent. Um, so, are we, we're doing bowls again pretty soon, yes? Not. Yes, this Saturday. Saturday, okay. Uh, just yes, this Saturday. And we're about to be at uh, Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Snorkel. There are no more. Real Fairfax Snorkel? Yes. Okay. For those who so don't know where that is. So bring your scuba outfit. outfit. Yeah. And uh, let me see what else has been going on. Uh, just life is life. If anybody is interested in the Serpent Mound, I may do an impromptu thing. Um, so yeah. let us know. Let's do that. Also, a lot I of fun have the Serpent Psychic Mound. Development Part 1, the audio class, which has some uh, learning experience in an online classroom environment as well. That's um, on the website that's been posted to, to our online workshops, as well as Meditation for a Busy Life. Each one of those are eight or more hours of, of stuff. And um, so if anybody's interested, there are other workshops up there that are posted mm -hmm. too, your language codes and such. Yeah, all on, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. all on the website. And soon to be, and, and I do have the Dream Series posted as well on another site, so. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent stuff. Mm -hmm. So we still have a minute or so if somebody wanted to call in at the very last moment. Nope. No, okay. All right, well. This has been a show on the past, and it's in the past already. Even though this may be the rerun tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m., it's still, <laughs> on, still on in the, the past. past. Yeah. And uh, there's the present and the future, which are other uh, entire. Uh, the present is a very interesting subject uh, out of recent meditation, revelation, that uh, absolutely everything is perfect. And uh, if you can accept it on faith that no matter what it looks like, it's perfect, you can actually set yourself free. You would have no reason to worry because it may not be apparent, 
but it will turn out to be perfect. It could be a child or a cousin or something, but it's definitely not a parent. At any rate, um, to, in finding that everything is perfect, you are relieved, uh, but yet you still have free will. So it's knowing everything is the way it's supposed to be, and yet you have free will. It's an unbelievably dynamic place to find yourself in because uh, it's uh, supernal, it's beyond belief from what I've been able to tell about things. Mm -hmm. Everything is on your side. Well, it was our joy and honor to take you to the door and check us out on Thursday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm -hmm. and, and you can watch us live online. And if you're listening to us on podcast, visit telepathictv.com. Did you have something else? I've had... Thank you.